That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Early morning, uh, Aaron. Yes. Sorry, I was just it's, singing. Uh, I was just singing uh, um, "Pride in the Name of Love" by U2 because it talks about April Fourth, which is the date of Easter Sunday this year. Also, the date on which MLK was shot in Memphis, sung by U2. It mm. has nothing to do with anything. I'm sorry. Just had to mention mm. it. I'm a. I'm a. Gen yeah, that's X, great. So I have to talk about U2. I. I was singing about Hail the Festival Day. And, I guess um, that's okay. You know, Sanctification levels are running high here at the office of Calvary St. George's. So, um, but we are celebrating Easter, the uh, most wonderful uh, 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 Christian feast day. And so, um, for all the Orthodox out there, not yet, but uh, for us Western Christians, here we go. Start indulging in chocolate and uh, getting back to normal. Your pants are fitting a little better. Uh, Your, you know, just... You're really pleased with yourself because you climbed that Lenten ladder and you did it. That's right. Because uh, <laughs> that, that's the point of Lent. Uh, so here we are, Easter Sunday, and this is another one of those days where you don't want to uh, preach too long. Uh, I mean, mm. you want to give people a good sermon, absolutely, but, you know, there's one thing. Why don't to, you want to preach too long? Well, because you've got a lot of guests. Uh, this is more, I mean, if you're still doing only live stream uh Maybe you probably I, I think have no pro- one. We're probably going to see no. a lot of guests, but again, um, you got to keep people's attention. Uh, and if they're yes. not used to your thirty-minute sermons, um, and really, there's, there's kind of one thing you want to say today. You want to just say that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. I mean, death is over. Which last um, pandemic Easter, we were we. It's the sort of it was a dark and difficult time. Now we're in this sort of still dark, but. Light is coming, but it's still difficult. Anyways, my point is that there's been a lot of death, and there's still a lot of death, and that's been made more real to us this past year, and to be able to say that death is ultimately defeated is really, really, really good news. That is the point of Easter, and that should be the point of your sermon, that where there Mm. was death, there's life, where there was sin, there's forgiveness, where there was suffering, there's hope, uh, that that's all contained uh, within this Easter Sunday. So uh, let's, let's turn to the readings. And see, uh, you know, see what we can see. What we can find. Yeah. Uh, so we begin with uh, there, there's a lot of choices, and I gotta say, prayer book, not a huge fan lectionary of all these choices. Like we've just come through Holy Week, can you just make it simple for us? But I know. Uh, so it's like you, for the first reading, it can be Acts or Isaiah. For the second reading, First Corinthians or Acts, and then for the Gospel, John 20 or Mark 16. We're going to be talking today about Isaiah 25, just because we think it's always good to have a reading from the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, show that this is kind of connected to a much deeper tradition. We're going to talk uh, for the epistle reading, the one we're going with is the 1 Corinthians one, um, and then for the gospel, we're going to pick the shorter one, Mark 16, 
again, kind of, we like that it's shorter, but also it's really powerful and punchy and connects, we feel like, uh, pretty strongly to this this season that we're in with the pandemic. So, so beginning with Isaiah 25, uh, we got a picture of a party on the top of a mountain with mm. with uh, lots of marrow and uh, mm. good good wine. And, you know, this passage... Have you ever had marrow? I mean, when marrow is done well, it is delicious. It's so, yeah, the just Osobuco, yeah, we've we've had I've had some some marrow. It's um is it's an acquired taste for some, uh, but it's 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 definitely making a comeback. But to the to the writer and hearer <laughs> of this original passage in Isaiah twenty five, this was the good stuff. This was uh, yes. you know, basically this is getting the f- most expensive caterer and the fanciest meal and all that. And this is a picture of heaven. This is, and it's a picture of new creation, the new heaven and the new earth, when everything is redeemed, and it's kind of the end of the story, and it's it, it's um it's a glimpse into what's coming for us and what Jesus Christ has done for us. So this this the the main thing to put here, and the reason, by the way, another reason to have the Acts, um, or to have the Old Testament reading and not use Acts here, is that the Acts passage and the First Corinthians passage. They're not the same, but they sort of say the same thing or hint at the same thing. They're both uh, New Testament descriptions of the work of Jesus in the death and resurrection. Uh, but here you get this beautiful poetic imagery from uh, an Old Testament prophet uh, where it says yeah. he that Jesus Christ will swallow up death forever. And the shroud that is cast over all people, the sheet that is spread over all nations, will be destroyed. So you think about all humanity covered by a blanket. We're all under the same weight of death, and that's removed from everybody. And this beautiful picture of God wiping away the tears from our eyes, again, I just think it's such a powerful, beautiful yeah. image. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, you know, there he is, and he's making a feast of, uh, of uh, rich food for all people, you know, not just some people, but for all the peoples. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is an image which, you know, where those of us, you know, um, who probably have access to a lot of food and good food all the time, I mean, it may just blow over you. But like in those days when this was written, uh, you maybe got meat like once a month and uh, you, you know, you didn't have a rich, rich dinner all the time, let alone for all people. This is a king that's got it all. And uh, you're absolutely right. In himself, he has, uh, in the cross, and, and that rich dinner is actually himself now as we celebrate as Christians. And, uh, but, but he has swallowed up by his work, uh, his work on the cross there, um, death and the shame and uh, everything that has just kind of troubled his people. He has delivered his people by himself. Amen. Uh, and just make sure and you're... This is, Go ahead. And, this, and this flows right into what St. Paul has to say. I mean, in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 11, this is the main message that we preach. I mean, I love what you said in, uh, on the Maundy Thursday episode. You know, you were like, please don't be just telling people to love each other. I snore like this, St. Paul says that he proclaimed of chief importance that, you know, and the, the good news in which we stand and in which we are being saved, you know, is that um, that Christ has died uh, for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. I mean, if that's all you say on Easter Sunday, well, you've preached the good news. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, for uh, I saw this quote by Fleming Rutledge on Twitter the other day where she said, people are always talking about the kingdom, but I don't hear many preachers talking about the king. And you want to make mm. sure you talk about Jesus uh, and you talk the about king. what he's done. And know that Jesus is for you, preacher. Um, this good news is that. preached to you as well. And uh, this is of first importance. Uh Christ died for our sins and was buried and is raised. And then he appeared to all the, I mean, it's this, like this really happened. This is where we hang our hat. This is the foundation yes. of everything. And so um, this is, <laughs> this is the message of Christianity. Death is mm-hmm. defeated. And man, if we, uh, I mean, there's never a time we haven't needed to hear this. Um, if you doubt the need of your congregation to hear this, watch any movie. Basically, any movie that you'll ever see, unless it's a French film or something, but will end basically with things getting really, really bad, and then at the last minute something happens that changes everything, and it turns out that it has a happy ending. That story is invented by Christianity. That was not the story in Greek uh, drama. Shakespeare had the happy ending, but he got it from Christianity. I mean, this is where it all comes from. So just make sure you tell them the good news that Jesus Christ uh, has risen from the dead. And that means for them, I mean, everything ultimately will work out. What a great, what a great line, you know. A lot of people are talking about the kingdom, but not a lot of people talking about the king. And uh, that, is, that is a good line. And today you uh, talk about the king uh, the one, you know, God, that's great. Yeah, and so now we move on, speaking of the king, to Mark 16. This is a short passage. Which The, the John 20 passage is amazing. It's got that line about the gardener and this very touching interaction between Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And so if you do that one, that's wonderful. We're just not going to talk about that one. We're talking about Mark 16, the shorter one. Again, Mary Magdalene is here. Mary, the mother of James, Salome, they're going to anoint the body of Jesus because he was buried so quickly on Friday when he died because Mm -hmm. it was so close to sundown, so close to beginning of the Sabbath. Again, this happened in March or, I mean, springtime then because that's when Passover happens. So the days aren't really long yet. As we know, he died at three o'clock in the afternoon. So you don't have much time to get his body off the cross, to get him wrapped up, to get him into a tomb. There's no... uh, um, uh, there's no quick way that you had to carry him physically to the tomb. Uh, the tomb was close by, but still, and this takes time. Um, so he, it was all done very hurriedly. And now on Sunday morning, as, f- as er- early as they can get there, uh, the first day of the week, um, they go to the tomb. And uh, there's this large rolling rock in front of the tomb, common for graves in those days. No topsoil really in Jerusalem or in Israel. You can't dig deep to bury anybody because it's just rock all the way down. So um, they yeah they were they were like they're like these little like tombs that are carved into like rock and so yeah. and then you go in and it's like a small room and what they would do is they basically anoint the body with spices you know almost like kind of in a mummy shape and allow it to decompose and then after it decomposed they would put it in what's called a usury and then uh like or it's o- kind ossuary. of like a ossuary that's it um, how do you say in your country? How do but you anyway, say? it's like a yeah, it's like a like you know a jar, and then you would put it, and then they would have several bodies in there, and, and so it's a, there's it, a whole yeah, place. it's like a box for bones. It was the word like, yeah. they take all the dry stuff and put it in there. Uh, so it's a yeah. it's it's a big place, and uh, you know, and so but there they are, and 
They're in this tomb, and man, they are given the shock of a lifetime. Mm. Given a shock of a lifetime, and why? Well, that body, the body of their their master, you know, the one whom they had put all of their hope, all of their, like, you know, soul into this man, and he died. Like, what the hell? And now, I mean, insult of insult, it's being guarded by Roman soldiers, this tomb, and now the body is freaking missing. What the heck? Like, just leave us alone, you know? And uh, but yep. guess what? There's a dude in there, <laughs> dressed <laughs> in a white robe. <laughs> uh, so the first thing, you know, the first surprise is the stone has been moved. It's a huge stone. It's difficult mm. to move. Uh, we know the, from other, the, uh, other Gospels there were Roman soldiers uh, placed to If you just there. see those stones, they are so tough to move. You need, like, a huge stick. Yeah. With like you know to wedge it in and get it moving. I mean it's 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 a very complicated process. They wanted to make it difficult, not easy to get in there. Um, the other thing too, and I, I'm, I I keep coming back to the reality and the physicality of the resurrection, uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. I just we're we're going through Community, uh, the series, the sitcom uh, with our kids these days. They're super into it, and there's an episode in the second season where Chevy Chase's character Pierce. Uh, his mom dies and he's like some sort of laser Buddhist, some weird Southern California something. And he believes that her essence, her vapor is contained in this lava lamp. And it's sort of the whole show portrays this thing of like death, you know, Pierce is shown to be sort of this religious fool because he believes his mom lives on as some sort of vapor. And the whole show is kind of mocking him. And there's a lot of people who think Christians are the same, that we believe, you know, we're fools who believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that there's going to be this life eternal and whatever, and they sort of look at us um, uh, um, as sort of, oh, poor us. They kind of pity us a little bit. But i got to say, like, this reading makes clear the reality of it, the physicality of it. Um, uh, he's, he's sitting there. Um, he is raised. Uh, he's not here. And, uh, and of course, we... This, I'm just kind of riffing on a theme that we already read in the First Corinthians passage. Like Paul makes clear, like this really happened, um, and you know, just the stone, the white robe, the it, just all these details that make clear the reality of this event and that it really did happen. We we're not like Pierce mm. believing our mom is some sort of vapor and we go to be a vapor with her and we live on in that way. Um, we believe that there is a real bodily resurrection and a raising from the dead. And the, the reason that matters is not just for some doctrinal point, but for real help for real people. Every single problem you have is a real problem. Mm-hmm. And it's always somehow connected to a person or your body. If you think about depression, that is a problem with chemicals in your brain and neurotransmitters and all kinds of things. If you think about anxiety, usually it was related to another person or to yourself. Everything is connected to our bodies and our physical being. That's really good. And the fact that Jesus physically raises is just such good news because, man, we need it. We need it. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And uh, he keeps saying, look, there's there's the place they laid him. You know, yeah. But then they are given a charge, and uh, the the angel says, "But go tell his disciples and Peter, you know, who uh, denied him three times, uh, that he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him, just as he to- as you told him, or just as he told you." And uh, you know, it's very powerful because um, if you read the Gospel Mark, this is a- essentially where it ends. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but you go the Gospel of Mark. Uh, begins in Galilee. And so the point here, and one of the things I think that that is going on is, is so go back 
and reread all of this. Go back to uh, and hear the voice of the Baptist cry. Go back to him being thrust into the wilderness and then uh, doing these great miracles and healing people, demonstrating who he said he was. Go back and check out all of those things in the prophets and see them confirmed in his death, resurrection, in his life, death, and resurrection. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's a, it's very powerful. But I love this. They left the tomb. They, they, they went out and fled from the tomb. I mean, this yeah. isn't just kind of like a, damn, that was kind of weird. It's like a booking out of there. Yeah. For terror and amazement had seen them. I mean, they are full on running. And they said nothing to anyone uh, for they were ready for brunch or uh. for they were basically okay, you know. No, it's for they were afraid. And uh, the reason why I think this is such a powerful passage to preach especially right now, is is that, like, you know, uh, this resurrection, on one level, it changes nothing. You know, I'm still fearful. I'm still anxious. I'm still, you know, I've still got all of these issues. Because, uh, you know, I got to go back to Galilee and reread this thing. Uh, but on another level, because as you said, not because it's helpful, but because it's true, he really did rise from the dead. Um, uh, it changes absolutely everything. I do not need to be afraid of God. I actually, um, what it says is that God knows me as I actually am in all of my fear, doubt, and unbelief, and loves me profoundly more than I could possibly imagine. He's forgiven me more than I could possibly imagine. Um, and really, that is the good news of Easter, that this is true, and it changes nothing, but more profoundly, it changes absolutely, positively everything. Mm -hmm. He is risen. He is not here. Uh, look, as the young man, the angel in the tomb says, look, look at the place he laid him. And this is what you invite your congregation to do. Look and see that he's not there and realize that um, even though they may still be afraid, even though they still may be anxious, Jesus and his resurrection stand. Uh, so, blessed Easter to you all. Uh, do have a celebratory brunch, whatever way you can, whether it's with mm -hmm. your household or you can be socially distanced or whatever the case may be. But uh, rejoice today that Jesus Christ is risen. And preachers, put, put your feet up. Take a deep <laughs> breath. And uh, well done, good and faithful servants. So, Amen. Till next time, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.